0: Alright, welcome everybody to a super late edition of the Rob Genius Podcast. Um, yeah, guys, sorry. I, I, this one's entirely on me, um, because I fell into my little trap, again, of rewrites! Or, not, well, not actually rewriting, but re-recording. Because I recorded a bunch of stuff, and I didn't like any of it. And you know it just yeah I, I did it was rambling and going on too long and doing too much and so I need to tighten everything up and I dumped some stuff I redid some stuff I added some stuff and here we are because look I, I don't want to waste y'all's time I don't want to make y'all sit through well' what I'm sorry, I'm not making. You don't have to sit through anything, but I don't. I don't want to give you a thing to sit through that I don't think is any good. All right, So yeah, I re- you, know, you know me. I record stuff all the time. So this episode, what do we got? Um, you know, I said a couple more things about Israel, um, and I think I'm gonna be done from there because, look, obviously, do I have thoughts? about what what's going on over there? Yes. Do I have any... Do I have statements about what's... Going, you know, do I have anything... you have any statements to make about what's going on over there? Not really. Because, you know, it's just... You know... I don't have anything... Well-informed enough or intelligent enough to say... That you, you can't get a better version of somewhere else. Um... And I'm a firm believer you know that sometimes you just you should shut the fuck up okay um I've said in my piece previously and I just kind of reiterated or doubled down on it or whatever you want to call it um that <clears throat> well you'll you'll hear it but that's all I'm really going to say it, it's it's there's too much there's too many parts and too many pieces and what have you um and quite frankly, yeah, it's just, there's too much to play armchair, you know, foreign policy guy. And so I'm not going to do that. Um, but on a lighter note, you know, I got into some, we get into some NFL, into some NBA. I have a book review. Yes, I am almost finished reading a book. And over the years, I have bought several like biographies and autobiographies. And have not read any of them. <laughs> okay. So here we are. I'm finally reading one. Uh, the uh, autobiography, John Thompson, the uh, former Georgetown basketball coach. Uh, I'll talk about that book later in the show. Um, and... I delve back into the philosophical world of dating again, which, of course, is a world that I really do not inhabit. <laughs> but, well, no, I do inhabit the philosophical world, or pardon, but in the actual like physical going out and dating people, like, I have not lived in that space for a long time. One day, I will go back. I'd like to go back, but, you know, it is what it is, for now. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling y'all a little bit too much there, huh? <laughs> but, no, but, um, look, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, yeah, we got, got, got a few things to kick around here. And, um, yeah, why don't we do that? Well, we, oh, well, before we're doing that, okay, um, about the, uh, the the SAG after a strike is still going. The um, the studio folks gave their you know last final offer to the union, which the union said um, not really. And then the sticking point, look, the, this AI stuff is the sticking point because, and this is just how nasty these studio folks are. They want. To be able to you know scan your likeness and use it over and over and over in perpetuity even after you're dead and with no permission or compensation to family or whatever right and of course that's a sticking point of course it is like they want to pay people once and then Okay, we'll scan you and then we can use your image and likeness as much as we want over and over and over forever even after you're dead and not have to ask permission or, or pay anybody ever again. And the union wants you know recurring payments. You know that basically if you okay if you're going to scan me and use me again, then you need to pay me every time you do. Because after all, you are making money off of my likeness every time you use it. And so what this comes down to, again, remember, at the end of the day, these folks don't want to pay anybody. That's all this is. They do not want to pay anybody. And AI has given them this idea Of how they can continue to make movies and TV shows... And not pay people. Because their ultimate goal... Is to be able to make... Movies and TV shows... Without ever having to pay up... A human being. That is their ultimate goal. Right? Like all this stuff with like... The Chat GPT writing... And they're trying to use... You know AI products to do graphics and all this type of stuff that is their goal, their ultimate goal is they want to be able to make movies and TV shows without ever having to pay a human being and they're they're hoping that you know, that they can basically force everyone to accept a crappy deal right, because they're holding out this idea, well we know you need to get back to work. We know we need you to pay your bills. So we just want hey, we just want everybody to get back to work. And of course, you know, the long game here is that they want you they want people to accept a crappy deal so they can get back to work today and get paid today. But then, you know, within a few years there won't be any jobs anymore because they will have eliminated them all because they'll all be doing them with AI. Right, that is the the goal of the studios. That you, okay, so actors, actresses, um, you know, all of you guys, continue to hold out. Um, just don't 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 give up. Don't take don't take a crappy deal. You know for. Just so you can get back to work because you need a check today. I, trust me, I understand that you need. Everybody needs a paycheck today, um, but don't give up. Don't give in. Do not sell out the near future for today because it is the near future. Like this isn't twenty years down the road we're talking about here. You know they get if they get the um, you know if they you know if they. Get the permission and the ability to use AI to start doing this stuff. They're gonna start doing it right away. Okay, and which means and, and they're gonna stop calling you. To, to, you know, they're gonna stop casting. They're gonna stop. You know, and then that that goes down to the hair and makeup people and all of that, right? All, you know, <coughs> and then eventually the graphic designers and all. that are they're going to eliminate, you know. All but a very few of those things, and it's not worth it's, it's not worth you know getting a few getting your paycheck back today to give all that up to give up future employment. It's not worth it. And to all the other people, the VFX designers, and all the other people who are starting to, to organize and form unions, have stay strong and go because. These people don't give a fuck about you. All right, they don't. They will eliminate every job that requires somebody to get paid if they can. And don't let them ever convince you of anything different. And look, they didn't even give a crap when, you know, when the development crunch started affecting the product. Like with some of these, you know, recent movies and TV shows, they didn't care. Like in a lot of these re- more recent films, there has been just noticeable special effects just crappiness, and to the point where, like, movies that were made ten, fifteen years ago, actually, the, the VFX actually looked better, and that's because you know they were they weren't done, you know you know there wasn't any crunch they weren't they weren't working these people to death to get something finished quickly um, so remember like they don't even care about putting out a good product or a, a good a, a good looking product they will put out a crappy looking product you know on the hope that you know that people will just buy it anyway so they don't give a shit and that's what you gotta remember When it comes to labor negotiation, you know, the upper management, the executive level folks, A, they don't give a shit, and B, they're full of shit, (laughs) okay, and they lie, they lie all the time, the high level executive, you know, level people in management are some of the most dishonest individuals you will ever meet, they lie all the time, they say things that are flat out not true, and they don't give a damn about anybody so that's what you gotta remember and you know they want these folks to mortgage their future not even mortgage it. they they want these folks to forfeit their future employment they're hoping that, you, that they will forfeit their future employment just to you know get back today and you know make a few paychecks because ultimately, they don't want to pay anybody. Okay. Because they're greedy. They 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 believe that you know they can somehow manage to put out a good enough product that we'll buy it all anyway. Because we're that damn thirsty, and that they will sell enough of it. That they won't have that if they don't have to pay anybody, that they'll make a huge profit. That's that's what they think. That's what they feel. I don't think that's the case. I mean, yes, I mean there there will be a period in which we are still buying up the product, whether it be movies or TV or whatever, because you know there'll be that adjustment period. But then eventually, you know, enough of us will decide, you know, this, is, this shit sucks. And just stop buying it or stop watching it or stop listening to it. Because, I mean, it happens already. Right? I mean, we're seeing it. You see a lot of music, right? I mean, the the biggest acts, the ones that are, you know, the the, the young people act, the the, the most successful young people, right, as far as, I don't mean as far as, like, downloads or whatever, I'm talking about people who actually sell units and sell tickets, like, again, you know, the young people are Beyonce and Taylor Swift, Beyonce's 40, okay, Taylor Swift is, like, 31, and she's been doing stuff since she was 16, all right, um, Okay. Those are, so those are the people at the young end of the successful selling and touring music acts, right? Now the most successful rap touring act show or whatever, is the Rock the Bells tour, which is all a bunch of people my age and up, right? I mean. so that that's you know that's the future of movies and TV if you go to basically uh, you know if, if you go to a model of just putting out content or putting out as much product as you can you know heart and soul and quality be damned that's not a future that um, we should want all right, we, we should not want a future where we're all going back and watching the you know Marvel films from 10, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know, instead of watching whatever it is they're trying to put out now or at the time, right? Because I, I mean, you know, but anyway, enough of that. All right, let's get to the rest of the show here. And um, again, sorry for taking so long, but I try to do this, you know, make the best thing I possibly can for you guys. And hopefully, this is this is it alright, um, so this, this Israel Palestine stuff has continued on since the last episode it's got worse um, there have been some serious bombing raids by Israeli military uh, there was an interview that, uh, Wolf Blitzer did with, um the, some Israeli military guy and, you know, Wolf Blitzer was grilling this dude right, um and the guy was very callous. Like, like you know, like, well, that's the tragedy of war. And, you know, and because uh, Blitzer was asking him, like, like, y'all bombed this they killed all these civilians, trying to try and get, you know, trying to try get some guy who was supposed to hide in there. And the guy was like, well, that's the tragedy of war. We told him to leave. And, um, I'm sorry, I don't mean this, I wasn't trying to be silly saying it in that voice. It's just, it's just absurd what this guy was saying. And, to be saying it in a television interview, and we saying it to Wolf, and you know, look, I give Wolf credit because you know, Wolf was one of many people in the cable news media that, in the you know, aftermath of 9-11. and run up to the Iraq War, who was basically carrying water for the U.S. government, U.S. military, um, and it, I'll say this: it is pretty remarkable to see the different response now Um, because look there used to be an almost totally unquestioning response to whatever Israel chose to do against the Palestinians particularly after you know in response to an attack by Hamas or whoever. Um, We, you know, know, our media, government, everything used to just give a blanket green light to whatever it is they chose to do, you know, under the auspices of, well, you know, Israel is defending itself. Um, And it worked its way all down to just, you know, citizens, right? You know, I, I sure as heck don't remember a whole lot of people openly you know, opposing Israel's choice of tactics for a long time so this this is the most just open public opposition I've seen to what, they, what, they, what they've chosen to do um and I continue to not just jump out there and say anything about this um Because, again, you know, people are arguing over how many people were killed, whether or not the number that's being presented is, you know, accurate or not. I mean, <clears throat> now, there was a explosion in, in the hospital in Gaza, and there are people still arguing over whether or not the Israeli government did it or whether it was a rocket from Hamas that did it. There are, you know, military experts or whatever who were saying it was more more likely to be that was a it was an unintended rocket firing by Hamas. Um, and a lot of people are not buying that. I'm um, neither a military expert or a munitions expert or whatever, so I I am not weighing in on that. Um, I do think um, like I, I get why people simply why people would think that the Israeli government just did it um, because they've shown to be pretty callous about this type of thing um, but these things do, you know, accidental firings of rockets or munitions or whatever do happen, and um, and I'm not qualified to judge, so I'm not. Um, you know, and there are people, there are people protesting all that we're calling for ceasefire. Um, like, like I said last episode, I'm all for protesting the policy and then demanding a change of policy, because Policy that we have been using for 75 years has not been effective. And I don't mean that in like like a binary kind of way. I mean, it's 75 years since Israel was established, you know, and, you know, we still got this going on. So I'm not talking from an efficiency standpoint, I'm just talking just from a flat out human interest standpoint. You know, So, you know, our, our policy choices have not gotten the job done. They're not working. And people are still getting killed all over the place there. So um, it's just time to do something different. You know, I don't know what different is. like I said before. But I know that whatever it is we've been doing ain't, ain't it. Um... I hope and pray that this ends soon and I hope and pray that we can get again better policy out of this um, that, that people will examine just what it is we've been doing there and we'll, if nothing else look at the fact that it has not worked and you know demand that we do something different Cause look! Look! If there is a, a reason to inject some new blood into our government, I think this is it. Because people who've been in leadership for all these years—I mean, yeah, they got experience—but these are the folks who've been running the same policy for that region for seventy-five. Well, they haven't been running for seventy-five years, but they've been running it for like the past thirty. <coughs> you know, and I think it's fair to say that after. Thirty years of running the same policy. If, if we're still getting these results, then we need to do something different. And if the people there aren't trying to do something different, then you know, in some cases, we need to get some new people. Period in the story. And look, that's about all I got for this, because this is about all I can offer, guys. Sorry, I wish I could say more. I wish I felt comfortable saying more, saying more definitive stuff, but I can't because I don't. So we're gonna move on. And while we're on the so many basketball and basketball coaches, um, I've been reading John Thompson's autobiography, I Came as a Shadow, and, uh, Big John was the coach of Georgetown for over 20 years, um, he passed away a couple of years ago, but, um, big John was he was a he wasn't just a black icon he was an american icon he's a, you know he Hall of Fame basketball coach and he was an activist of sorts um leader of men all that kind of stuff and you know telling him and you know it was good to it's been good to read his story in his own words. Um, get his take on everything from basketball to, you know, coaching to mentoring young men to racism to growing up in Washington, D.C. Um, John Thompson was truly a Washington, D.C. man. He was a man of Washington. And not, you know, um, you know, political Washington. Right? There, there, there's two Washington DCs. There's, you know, there's Capitol Hill, you know, White House and all that stuff. And then there's the other DC, which <laughs> consists of people who were actually grew, born and raised and grew up here. And that DC rarely gets talked about. I mean, largely because, look, most people are mostly people of color. Um, you know they don't hold office they don't run for office <coughs> um, you know they work in various places but again they don't work <laughs> in the government they may work in government buildings you know, they may work for um you know, maybe civilian employees, but they're not politicians, and they're not lobbyists, and they're not staffers. So yeah, as a result, they're not part of the you know, Washington, D.C. that gets talked about. And you, you would, (coughs) and so John Thompson comes from that Washington D.C. And he was, he was a representative of that Washington D.C. to the fullest. And you know, we need, we need to hear from more people like him. You know, we hear enough from people who, you know come to D.C. from other parts of the country and get into politics and all that kind of stuff. Now we need to hear from more people like John Thompson. So There's a whole Washington, D.C. Again, that doesn't get talked about enough. <clears throat> he was part of that. And it was fun just reading about him. Coaching Patrick Ewing. Coaching Alan Iverson. Um, the infamous conversation he had with Rafael Hitman Jr. Um, so look, I highly recommend the book. You know, some people felt like John Thompson and Bobby Knight were kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, doesn't seem like that. I mean, Knight put his hands on players and yeah, in a menacing threatening way <coughs> and in an abusive way uh, you know there there are no stories about Thompson assaulting players so yeah they both men of a different era obviously although Thompson over time proved to be much more flexible at night and even in the book he said you know there are things that modern day players do you know that he would have adapted and accepted but anyhow um, just good to read about coach he's missed for sure and again called I Came as a Shadow I highly recommend alright so um switching gears of football well, since the last show the commanders went one and one They completely blew a game against the Eagles that we'd rather just forget about, and they pulled out a win against the Patriots that they did try to give away. So now we're four and five, Um, and they traded away two of their big name defensive players for draft picks. They're clearly loading up for next year's draft, Um, which makes sense. I mean, they've been a seven or eight-winning lane, lane team in the past couple of years. You can either hold on to that or you can make moves to try and get better. So, I, this is the time to make moves to try and get better. Right, they're, they're not breaking up a Super Bowl team here, guys. But anyway, listen, despite all that, it's nice to see them get a win. Sunday... Sam Howell looks like the real deal. Better hang on to him. The biggest thing is he's capable of throwing the ball downfield. He he can make every throw. If he can physically make every throw you need to make, that's the first important thing. You know, more than all that other stuff, because if you can't do that, it severely limits the offense. So, hey, let's just keep going. Keep plugging away. Um, I don't root for tanking. So, I'm hoping that they keep winning. And then, you know, make the best use of the draft picks that you can. And next year we get better. That's the way I see it. <laughs> Excuse me. But, you know, I'll take a win anytime. Even if it's an ugly win, and four wins are better than three. You know, because look, I you know, people are going to say, well, you get a good little draft pick. Well, it's only what you do with a draft pick, right? I mean, teams blow number one picks all the time, teams screw up high picks all the time. You know, so look, I'd rather pick 15th and make good use of it than to pick third and, and blow it. So. I got no problem <laughs> with them getting a lower draft pick should they, you know, keep winning games. It all depends on how you use the pick. So, yeah. I mean, besides that, um whew. pretty weird season so far, right? I mean, a lot of teams still in playoff hunt, including the commanders. Um, NFC looks like nobody really wants to win it, except maybe the Detroit Lions. Um, like, well, either Detroit or Philadelphia looks like that's who's going to win the NFC. Those are the only two teams that, again, that act like they want to win it. So, probably one of those two. Meanwhile, you know, AFC is just like Murderers Row, where you got the Chiefs and Dolphins. Um. Baltimore, yeah. So, look, I think this is going to be AFC winning the Super Bowl again. But we'll see how it goes. Anyhow, on to the next thing. All right, uh, more sports. On to the NBA. Uh, we're into this midseason tournament thing. And this seems kind of dumb to me. Like, okay, so having a tournament, and the tournament games are taking place instead of regular season games, Um, and I think they count towards the standings, and it's really dumb, I mean, this is because they think... People are, I don't know, don't have the attention span, can't focus or whatever enough to just watch basketball games in November. I mean, again, this this is a media creation, this whole idea that we need to make NBA games more interesting. I mean, they played 82 games forever. Um you know, the regular season was the regular season. And for a long time it it was fine. Right, you had eighty two chances to see your favorite team. And however many chances to see any other players you liked. And it was fine. But you know, I'd say in the past what twenty, thirty years, and you know, particularly like, you know, as sports radio became a thing, more and more of a thing I should say. This whole idea of, you know, the NBA has too many games, and nobody cares about the other games, and they should just start after Christmas, right? I mean, I never heard anybody saying anything like that until, you know, sports or talk radio. And again, it's because those guys don't want to talk about it, right? In November... Your sports talk radio guys, particularly if, they're in, if you're in a major NFL market, your sports talk radio guys only want to talk NFL. You know, maybe some college football, if, there's, if the local college football scene is good. <coughs> That's it. All right? They don't want to talk basketball. <laughs> some of it's lack of interest on their own part, but then some of it is also that, you know, it, football... Gets the highest numbers NFL football. Um, to get the most callers, they get the most, you know, from NFL football. <clears throat> so they want to keep plugging what brings the biggest numbers, and there it is. And so they, you know, they created this idea that. You know, the NBA has too many games, and people don't care about the other games, the players don't care, blah, 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 it's not true, but they keep pushing it. And so now here we are now, we have a mid-season tournament, because, <coughs> you know, the NBA folks couldn't just finally say, hey, we got you two games, watch them or don't. All right you now, that's that's it. And I bet, bet more people would watch them than you think. Well, I mean, they did last year, didn't they? So yeah, this is just, it's dumb. I mean, the only thing good about this is it you know, it creates some gambling opportunities. But other than that, I mean, please. Just, whatever. All right, one more thing, because I know this episode is like super late. Um, you know, from back to the world of dating. Um, in the Facebook group I'm in, somebody shared... Something they saw on Twitter. Um, a woman said that she'd been talking with some dude for two months, and that she let him know that she wasn't really trying to go there with him. And well, she and she, you know, she said the words "not ready for a relationship at all," and that he responded it, and that he politely said, "Okay, cool, you know, have have a good one," and proceeded to block her on all this social media. Um, and she thought that was a bit much. <laughs> Also, that um, she was wondering what happened to, you know, I guess chasing or fighting for it or whatever, and um, that's what I want to get to here, because yeah, you know, go back to something I've said several times, okay. And then look, this is this is regards to men and women here, okay. And well, look, it sure applies to, you know. You know, men and men, or women and women, also. But look, you know, she don't have to accept your advances. She don't have to share your interests as far as being together. That is all true. Okay, ladies, you know, you know, you, you don't have to say yes to nobody. Okay, and in this case, she was talking to do for two months. And you know what? You don't have to say yes you don't, even though, even, you know, even if things are going well over two months, you know, but if, if, you, if you ain't trying to go there with well, a dude, you don't have to, and, and this guy's good on this woman for saying so, even though it took her about two months, but, which is, I don't know, it may take two months to figure that out, and how about all that, because I'm just saying that, because there's a good chance to, it didn't take her two months to figure that out. There's a good chance he figured it out after like two weeks, um, if that, right? But maybe it took her two months to get up the nerve to say so, which, you know, I, I will say, you know, in this day and age, I mean, ladies do have to be really concerned about personal safety when it comes to rejecting folks, unfortunately. So if it took her two months to feel safe you tell this guy that, then that's understandable. Okay. But she told him and he respected her decision and he moved on. Like, that's all you can hope for. You know, if, if you're going to, re- again, if, if you're going to reject a guy, ladies, then, okay, if you don't want to be with him, then okay, fine. But if you reject him out of some, you know, game plan or you need him to chase, you know what? That that's that's risky. And and let me tell you, you know, some guys, some guys have responded to the, you know, y'all speaking up about, you know, being unsafe and all this stuff. Some guys have responded to that by deciding that, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do anything that's going to make any of ladies feel uncomfortable. So, you know, maybe, you know, there was a time where maybe this guy would have taken it as a challenge and, uh, you know, quote, unquote, step his game up or whatever. Maybe there was a time where he would have done that. Um... But now it's like, you know what, man, whatever. Like, okay, you said no, then you mean no. Then there's no point in hanging around. If 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 his intentions were to, you know, land himself a significant other, and see where that ultimately leads, if you're not interested in doing, if you say you're not interested in doing that, then. What, what is his point of hanging around? Like, like I mean, we, we're supposed to hang around hope you change your mind? And you're going, well, what's wrong with being friends? Well, he, that was never his intention. His intention wasn't to be friends, his intention was to, you know, find somebody to at least hook up with or maybe more. Those were his intentions. Man, you told him you were not interested in that. So, he figured the best thing for him to do is go find somebody who is. Um, He's not interested in playing a game. And look, at this point, that's just what it is. You know, and and you know, especially also look, us guys. We are notoriously bad at picking up signals as it is, and as someone who has completely misread signals a million times, um, and completely just you know misinterpreted things, um, in this day and age, again, you know, the, I mean, the downside to getting some men to listen to you all's concerns is that some of us err on the side of caution now and maybe err a little too much on the side of caution and you know don't see something that's there or or miss a hint that you might be interested or whatever because quite frankly we're not trying to put you all in a bad spot Um, there's a change to take now like I mean and look you know, as far as him blocking you yeah because he don't want to talk to you because he doesn't want you you know lingering around and you know sending him some mixed signal later or something right um, he doesn't want you he doesn't want to be your friend because look because ultimately like being friends with someone opposite sex at some point or another ultimately leads to them coming to you about some you know, dating advice or something and I'm sorry if I was trying to hook if I was sincerely trying to hook up with you the last thing I want to do is be in some conversation with you about, ho- about you hooking up with somebody else Man, just, no <laughs> uh-uh. cancel that noise so listen again. Honesty is great, or well, in this case, I guess she wasn't being honest. But you know, if and when you feel safe being honest with a man about rejecting him, then if you do it, and he responds by walking away, then that's the chance you take. If you want him to stick around. Then you need to tell him such. If you know, if you like the guy but you're unsure about you well know, where this thing could go, then that's what you need to say. Okay, if you can be honest and you are honest, or if 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 you can if you feel safe rejecting a guy, I should say because I'm afraid you're not necessarily being honest here. If you feel safe rejecting a guy, then, you know, you got to respect his respectful decision. You know, if you want the dude in your life, then you need to say so. And if you only want him in your life up to a certain extent, then, you know, you got to accept the fact that he may not feel the same. And if you're offering him a deal he doesn't want, then you know he may feel his best option is just walk away from the table. Then don't look back. It's just is what it is. So you know, again, unless you don't feel safe, if you feel safe to, if you if you feel safe to say so, then say what you mean and mean what you say. Otherwise, there's a chance you get, there's a chance you take. I mean, yeah with that, with that, alright, this episode is super late, being finished, so I'm going to get out of here. Um, I think I may not have caught the announcement of Richard Roundtree's passing in the last episode, so I will just, you know, say um, condolences to his family, which, you know, uh, Shaft is one of the great American fictional characters, not just black characters, um, Shaft-inspired many black actors, many black people and, you know, was a hero to a lot of people who watched movies, right, the character, and Richard, Trou- Richard Roundtree had a great career, and it's one you should look up and look into, whether you're black, white, or whatever. And so, uh, thank you, Mr. Roundtree, for all you gave us for all these years, and, uh, you know, uh, Prayers and condolences to family, friends, other loved ones, etc. And with that, we're going to get out of here because it took too long to do this one. Uh, You know, as always, when I'm super late, I will try to be on time next time. (laughs) But other than that, um, you know, as always, folks, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. God bless you guys. Talk to you next time.